Welcome to the Parents Against Vaping e-cigarette PAVE podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. I'm Meredith Berkman. I'm Dorian Furman, and we're the Wrong Moms. And today, we're really excited to have with us three of the right moms, three women, partners, friends, allies in the fight against flavored e-cigarettes out of Livermore, California. And they are widely known as the three Livermore moms. And we're about to tell you why. Today, we have Janelle, Christy, and Paula from Livermore, and they have mounted an amazing fight against big tobacco and e-cigarettes. Janelle reached out to us over a year ago when she realized that vaping companies were selling to kids in her community. And she had the right instincts. She reported to the police, to the authorities, the bad actors who were selling to teens, and got a lot of pushback. So when she reached out to us, we knew we were kindred spirits and uh, started communicating. So welcome Janelle and welcome Christy and Paula, her two partners who joined the fight with her very soon after. Maybe we could just start with that email. So maybe you can sort of set the stage for what led you to sending the email. And then we'd love to hear from each of you, what brought you to the table for the fight, how you connected, and most importantly, how you, as three passionate moms, educated yourself about the problem, took action, and kicked Jewel, essentially, out of your hometown. Yeah, thanks, Meredith and Doreen. And yeah, we're really excited to be part of this mom coalition of passionate um, parents who are really alarmed at the um, nature of these products and the marketing to our teens. My son was getting these products. I would smell them in the house. And um, we had the app, uh, Find Your iPhone, and I would track him, um, you know, after school, and he would be over at this particular vape shop. We actually have several in Livermore, um, come to find out. But um, this particular shop, um, he would be in there for a few minutes, and then he'd come home, and my husband and I would bust him at the door. And um, after a couple of, you know, consequences directly to him, um, I decided to go talk to the shop owners myself because I felt like this was a repetitive occurrence and it was clear that this was happening. So um, unfortunately, when I went in, I went in twice um, over, you know, probably a two, three week time frame and the people behind the counter denied completely denied selling to my son, even um, despite, you know, the picture on the iPhone where his location was being tracked and the products that I brought back to them to show them and a picture of my son, you know, uh, here's my son, don't sell to him. And after the third time, I just kind of with the same story that we don't sell to minors, we would never sell to minors is what they would always tell me. Um, I decided to report them to the local authorities. Um, unfortunately, in California, the way enforcement worked at that time was at the state level. Um, the local for authorities really didn't have the bandwidth or the resources to do a lot of stings on tobacco. And it turns out we hadn't done one in Livermore in over 10 years. So um, 
we were able to energize our police department, but um, that was a little bit later. But yes, my husband and I decided that we would try to um, tackle this um, as parents and advocate for some change and some local um, teeth. I was able to connect with other parents that were having the same issue. So in that sense, it was a really positive thing. Um, I was uh, contacted by um, Paula and by Christy, um, who immediately um, also seemed like-minded and passionate about this issue. Uh, there were a lot of parents who contacted me, but these two individuals, uh, Christy and Paula, were the ones that really wanted to do something about it. Um, and we joined forces immediately and started um, pulling in other resources. Uh, we contacted our local, we have a county anti-tobacco uh, group. So I was able to connect them with them and pull them in, which was great because they had policy options. Um, they had a, mo a model for us, our city leaders to follow if they chose to do any kind of um, you know, uh, licensing, local licensing, any of that kind of stuff. And away we, away we went with their help and their guidance. Christy and Paula, um, did you guys know each other before? And did any of you know the other? Or was this just a marriage made in, in parental activism? This is Paula. And um, I knew Janelle um, from our kids' elementary school years. So that was probably probably 10 years had passed, maybe not quite 10 years had passed since I last saw Janelle or spoke to her. Her kids are a little older than, than Christy and, and my children are. Um, and Christy, um, her kids are exactly the same year in school as my two boys. So we knew each other through elementary school. Um, and then after that, the kids went in different directions, different schools, and then met back up again in high school. So um, we did have, um, I, I had previously known both Janelle and Christy, but it had been years since I last spoke to them. We have a similar story. I mean, I knew Dorian and our third co-founder, Dina, our kids had started at a new school the year before that. So we knew each other, but we weren't close. Again, it's, we came together over this issue. Um, and I think it's probably good for parents to hear that you don't have to have your best friend in the fight with you. You know, people who are like-minded will come together and get things done. So, so what happened next? And, and I guess Janelle has sort of explained why she got activated. I mean, Paula and, and Christy, if you feel comfortable, maybe briefly, you could tell us why you guys got interested in this topic. I'll, I'll continue. Um, so Back in um, early 2018, I um, discovered that my son was vaping. He actually was vaping in the house. I smelled something and I went up to his bedroom and it, uh, bathroom and he was actually in the bathroom watching himself blow smoke out. Um, he was, you know, in the, he was looking at the mirror and blowing smoke out and I was horrified and um, called up my husband and um, I, I use this term often, we were blindsided. Um, and I say that because growing up in the 60s and 70s, as I did in California, um, in, everywhere in the country, you know, people smoked everywhere. They smoked in restaurants and homes, airplanes, and it always disgusted me. I, I hated cigarette smoking. And um, 
a lifetime non-smoker I was. I raised my boys at, from a young age to also be very concerned about smoking and the health hazards of smoking. Um, my father died when they were very little, but they do remember my father having this long tail following him. And that was the oxygen uh, tube that, that uh, was connected to the oxygen that he had to um, wear. Uh, he had to use oxygen because he had COPD. My father was fortunate. He was well into his eighties before he passed away, but it was COPD that killed my father ultimately. So my boys knew you smoke, you die. So I had no concern that my kids would go throughout life as non-smokers. So here I am um, in night, uh, 2018 with a 16 year old son. And suddenly I realized he's, he's smoking and I knew nothing about vaping, but I just knew that it wasn't a good thing. So anyway, that was 2018. That's when my personal family's horror started, to be quite honest, because this is this whole vaping situation has caused our family um, a tremendous amount of um, stress and worry and concern and strife. And so um, I was working for a local nonprofit at that time. I had some exposure to people within the uh, school district and other places, and I thought, you know, I need to, to see who else I could pull into this to um, understand the problem and maybe do something more about it. And I would pick my kids up at school and see kids walking out of the, 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 the school, the main steps of the school, and they'd be blowing smoke out of their faces. So um, it wasn't hard to see that this problem was not just in my family room, but also, you know, elsewhere within the community. So I was having a difficult time trying to connect to people within the community who um, felt as passionate uh, about this potential problem um, as I did. And um, fast forward to August of 2018 and I got, um, I, was on social media and I, there was this message from this woman I remembered from elementary school about 10 years prior, Janelle. And it was one simple question. Are you concerned about, or do you believe that um, flavored, flavored tobacco should be sold to minors or something? And I, and it was yes or no. And I selected no, and then got in touch with Janelle and the rest is kind of history. That's such a powerful story. And I'm sure, you know, so many people have similar stories, but you actually did something about it and you took action. So, I mean, it's, it's so important. And Christy, do you have a similar story? I have two children, the same ages as Paula's kids. And I had heard about vaping and e-cigarettes when my kids were in middle school. And I had just, heard about in the news, told my kids, this is bad stuff, stay away from it, it'll give you lung problems, and kind of left it at that. Well, my son started high school, and this was 2016, and he came home and said, you know that vaping stuff you told me about? There are kids doing it at school, in the locker rooms, he was taking PE, in the bathrooms, and I was so shocked to hear it was happening during school, in the schools. So my son has epilepsy and he has seizures that are triggered by any number of things. He's pretty sensitive and the seizures are life-threatening. It's the kind of thing where we have to immediately either give the medication into him and get him out of it or rush him to an emergency room. And so, that, so I started to research whether he could 
his seizures could be triggered by vape smoke because they can be triggered by all kinds of things. And it seemed from my uh, research on Dr. Google that it was a possibility. So our next appointment with his neurologist, I asked, I said, you know, this thing with vaping and e-cigarettes is, is secondhand smokes, something that, that could trigger his seizures. And she said, you know, these products are so new, I can't say definitively. There's definitely some evidence that it could, and it has a lot of the same harmful effects of secondhand smoke as combustible cigarettes. So she said, you know, the safest thing is for him to exit. If that's happening where he is, he should leave. And so my son, who's very worried about seizures all the time, always on the lookout for his seizure feelings coming on, that then made school a very anxious place for him. If anyone, if he got a whiff of it, if he saw it happening, he, he wanted to run. And it just made it, very, made it very stressful. And so a couple of years later, so this was something we're always aware of and talked about at home. A couple of years later, I saw this post from Janelle and about vaping. And a lot of the comments from people were really just ignorant and just saying, this isn't happening. This is bad parenting or whatever they were saying. And I just thought it was so unfair. So I responded to her and just said, I thank you for raising this. This is a serious problem. I see it happening in the schools. And my son has subsequently pointed out to me when I picked him up from school that there were kids from his high school and the middle school across the street walking a couple blocks down the street to a vape shop after school. What were they doing in there? I mean, some of them may be buying chips and soda, but I guarantee some of them were buying vapes. And so I was aware what a serious problem this was in my own town. So I, I reached out to Janelle when I saw her post. And then what happened? What happened next is um, we got really fortunate to have reached, I reached out and aligned with this fantastic advocate from the county, the Anti-Tobacco Coalition at the county level. Um, and they were so happy to hear from us because this is what they do. They have all the data, all the statistics, all the tools, all the resources um, to help us move forward with advocating for change. And the three of us, the three moms got together and said, what do we want? And the more and more we got educated about what these products are, how addictive these products are, the lack of regulation over these products, we said we have to get them out of our communities. We also met with school district officials. Um, we were lucky too in that sense that they saw that we're passionate about um, this issue and protecting kids from another generation of developed smokers. We all agreed that the flavors were driving the demand. And we said, we want these products out of our community. We built a coalition of anti-tobacco um, supporters and we went, uh, the three moms started making phone calls. We broke up the um, city council. There's five city council members, well, including the mayor. And we each individually took um, an opportunity to reach out to them. They were pretty skeptical in the beginning. They're, they're kind of, uh, you know, more from the old school. Um, they didn't think, they didn't really know about vape and how much it had blown up. You know, everyone thinks that cigarettes are so passe and so uncool and so disgusting. Every, I don't think there's anybody out there that thinks that cigarettes is, is a cool thing anymore. But these new vape products with the flavors and the sexy devices and the appealing um, 
the social media, um, they really got up to speed pretty quickly. And when they got up to speed with our help, they agreed that these products have no place in our community. Um, and we advocated for policy change locally here in uh, Livermore. And we were successful. It took about about a year of advocating before, it was a little over a year before our, um, our ban went into effect. And in the meantime, us three moms um, pulled in other moms from surrounding communities because we're in a valley of three communities, three separate cities with their own rules and regulations and laws. And it took a little time, but um, we were able to find like other like-minded parents. And then we started working more and more with the county um, anti-tobacco groups, Breathe California, you know, all these groups that are just so great and so passionate. And this is what they do for a living is, is to protect the consumer from these products um, and youth. And they advocate this is what they, they do. So pulling those folks in, we all partnered just like you guys partner. Um, we were able to partner with um, national groups and we were able to get our county to eventually ban these products. You know, San Francisco was on the heels. We were the second city. I think we were only two days after San Francisco to ban devices. That was a big net nationwide that had not been done. So San Francisco announced it and then Livermore announced it two days later. So our city council really was on the forefront of leading this charge to ban the devices. And for a small city like Livermore to attempt to take this on, um, frankly, was a little scary. But we did it. And then Jewel, as we passed our, our city ordinance. We were thrilled. And then I think two days later, we saw petitioners out in the street gathering signatures to overturn our ordinance and they were paid by Jewel to come into Little Livermore Livermore, and collect signatures to overturn a law we had just passed. And they said whatever they needed to do to get the signatures they needed. We heard stories all over town of the lies they were telling people about why they needed to sign this petition. So they collected the signatures they needed. They put a stop on our ordinance before it had a chance to take effect. And then we had a decision. We're at a decision point. Do we want to fight Jewel and try to protect our ordinance, or do we want to just let the ordinance be overturned and let them be successful? And it, there was a real decision to make, and we knew they had a lot of money they could pour into this town to tell what it, say whatever they needed to say, like they did with the petitions to overturn the ordinance. But ultimately, we just really believed we were doing the right thing. We had a lot of support. We believe that even we, though we may not be able to match them dollar for dollar, we can match them in terms of people power and boots on the ground. We were moms who had been fighting this. We've lived here, raised our children here. We have a lot of friends and connections. At this point, we had connections to the city leaders, community organizers. And so we said, we're going to do it. This is the right thing. We're going to protect our ordinance and we're going to take them on. So we, our city council went along with us and they voted to go ahead and put this on a, a, a ballot for the city to vote on because ultimately the community will have to decide if they want to override this, this stop that was put on it by Jewel. Um, and eventually 
um, you know, it was at the same time that all the health issues um, really exploded. And unfortunately for all the youth and all the people who ended up in hospitals and the deaths. Talking about Ivali. Ivali, yeah. And so that brought a lot of attention to the harms and also a lot of negative press to Jewel for their marketing. They were being sued left and right by school districts. It seemed like every other day there was a new lawsuit against Jewel. And so eventually I think Jewel decided Livermore wasn't worth fighting and they pulled out and we were thrilled the day we went into our city attorney's office and he passed around the table a copy of the letter from Jewel's and we were, they were withdrawing the referendum. So thank you guys. I think you've given parents so much information, so much to work with, and so much encouragement that, you know, you can join forces, reach out to people and actually get things done. You are amazingly powerful moms. And someone said to us once, hell hath no fury like a mother scorned. And it's, it's so true. And we're on the right side of, of, the, of the equation. And you know what? Together we can get it done. So thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. If you're a parent and you want to get involved, please check out our website at parentsagainstvaping.org. We need passionate parents to join our grassroots movement across the country to protect our kids from the predatory behavior of big tobacco. To get involved in local advocacy campaigns, please text PAVE, that is P-A-V-E, to 72572. Parents' voices matter, and you can make a difference. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, the Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit, combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.